0: Hi, uh, welcome to the New Voting Project. My name is Kunal, your host. And today uh, we have some very special guests joining us on the show. We have Madison Mandel, who we've had before. So thank you so much for coming back. Uh, she's the co-founder of Brown Votes and a fellow at Swear Center for Civic Engagement at Brown University. You're also a student there, almost about to graduate. So congratulations-ish. Um, and we also have Scott Warren, who is the co-founder and former CEO of Generation Citizen, which he started his senior year at Brown. So you guys are both representing Brown University. And you're also the author of Generation Citizen, The Power of Youth in Politics. Thank you so much for joining us. I believe we are, we're going to be talking about some special things you guys have been working on for the past couple of months. So, so thank you for taking the time. I can understand you both are very busy, so I appreciate it.
1: Excited to be here. Thanks so much for, for having us.
0: Perfect. Yeah,
2: I'm excited to be back.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I always welcome anybody back. That's great. Uh, so let's get into these questions. Uh, just for our viewers, talk a little bit about your background, um, you know, how you how you got working together, where you're at right now, um, and why you're working together. What what what's kind of the project that you guys are about to release?
1: Yeah, so so I can start in, and really appreciate the work that, that you're doing, Kinola, and, and so appreciative uh, to you for, for having us. So uh, you know, as you said in, in the intro, uh, my senior year at Brown, I, I co-founded uh, an organization called Generation Citizen, which is all about uh, working with young people uh, to empower them to be active and engaged citizens through getting civics back in the classroom and making it experiential and action oriented. So. Um, You know, civics, as as I'm sure you all are aware of and listeners are aware of, uh, it's not something that's typically taught in American, especially secondary school classrooms anymore. And when it is, it's the most boring class. Here is three branches of government. Here's how it becomes a law. Um, And so Generation Citizen was really started with the the goal of how do we transform civics? How do we get it to be the most vibrant, exciting class in school? Um, And the way that we do that is through an approach we call action civics where young people learn politics through actually doing politics through taking action on local issues that they care about so i started that um, my senior year at brown and i always cared about democracy issues always cared about uh the the power and potential of young people taking action through some activism that i had done while i was at brown um, and for about 10 years helped expand generation citizen to become one of the preeminent civic education organizations in, in the country we have offices in new york rhode island massachusetts oklahoma texas california um, and and work with with educators across those areas uh, but i made the decision to transition on from the ceo role um, and step down about a year ago um it's the only thing i had done professionally and wanted to to look into to different areas uh, sort of expand my own repertoire, and one of the areas that I, I really wanted to to think about was this intersection of of higher education and, and democratic engagement too, um, which is I think getting more space. Generation citizen was was squarely in the um in, in sort of middle and high school level, but but starting to think about you know where can higher education play a role too. So so now my role is uh, I'm at Johns Hopkins as a new institute focused on democracy called the SNF Agora Institute, mm-hmm. and when I started there. Um, you know, they said we actually want to understand what is Hopkins doing well about democratic engagement. How are we actually promoting democracy, and how how can we be doing a better job? Um, and so, through through part of that work, you know, started realizing let's let's do an audit and figure out what universities across the country are doing well, um, so that we can pull from the, those best practices. Uh, because I was still active at Brown, uh, I got connected to to Madison as. Um, you know, one of the preeminent student leaders in the country, vote uh, f- focusing on student voting um, and focusing on uh, how universities can promote democracy through it. and so uh, we got connected, and Madison can can talk a little bit more about that. Um, but that was sort of the the nexus of how I came to this report and and how I, I got to,
0: to 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 meet Madison as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll let you go.
2: Um, yeah, no. I mean, that was a, that was a pretty good summary. But on from my side of things, I uh, co-founded along with Kimberly Collins Brown Votes, um, which is kind of our institution's democratic engagement um, initiative. And we um, noticed like a very sort of um, we we noticed some very disappointing results um, in terms of voter turnout and you know voter registration. Uh, especially in the 2018 midterms, and we really wanted to see a change, and we noticed that there really wasn't any sort of institutional structure to really facilitate that work, so we came together, we worked with the Swear Center, um, and we kind of put together Brown Votes, and we started off with a very sort of voting focus, but then it expanded beyond that to kind of democratic engagement at large, and that's kind of where, um, through those experiences, I you know, as a founder of, of an initiative like this, there was a lot of learning that I had to do on the go and there was just so much information. Um, and I kind of felt like there was like a lack of, you know, standard l- lack of sort of support in some areas for that. And, um, it kind of led me to, you know, working with Scott and wanting to understand the space a little bit better and, and put out something that was useful for other, um, individuals in the space. Right.
0: And, and I'm really glad you did so. And I want to go straight into the report um, and, and just kind of because it's called Building Democratic Campuses, you know, assessing best practices in democratic practice in higher education. So we're looking at college and universities, right, and, and how campuses are taking action when it comes to civic engagement um and and making sure folks are voting and i just want to ask what inspired such a report because it's pretty in depth i mean you talk about several initiatives that different college campuses are doing comparing and contrasting them i mean how long did this take you know what what inspired such such a willingness to do it
1: yeah i mean i think one of the 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 aspects of this report that i hope is is unique and i say this um you know with with all uh admiration to all the people that have been in this space for a while especially in the voting work is we're trying to be comprehensive so i think when i see um you know a lot of universities think about voting and, and to be honest i think a lot of and i was in touch with some of them but post you know 2016 there are a lot of universities that said oh we need to do more about democracy um, and i think that for the last few decades higher education um you know for for a lot of different reasons um, but it sort of veered away from their historical purpose uh, of educating for engaged citizenship, right? Uh, I remember um, is actually the, the president of of the Carnegie Corporation, which is a foundation, the, the late Martin Gregorian, who was uh, a president at Brown as well. I was uh, at a session with him a few years ago, and he said, you know, the problem is that higher education has become H-I-R-E education. And what he meant by that was that um, colleges have been forced to really focus on how are we ensuring that our graduates are as employable as possible and can make as much money as possible. And I think that's really important. I mean, we, you know, too many college students are graduating with tremendous amounts of debt and need to be able to make, um, you know, make a, a good salary in a very uncertain economy. But universities have gotten away from that mission of, of educating for um, responsible and engaged citizenship. And so this report really. Tackles it, I think, from a comprehensive level. So voting is important, but not the only thing, right? And so we actually look at, um, you know, six different categories. We talk about a culture of democratic engagement. How is a university really building? that culture throughout its student body, throughout its faculty. Uh, We talk about academic integration. How are students actually getting coursework that teaches them what it means to live in a democracy, too? Um, We do talk about voting. Uh, How do universities really promote voter participation, registration, and engagement um, in a comprehensive way? Uh, And then we talk about institutionalization. So how is this something that's not dependent um, you know, on star students like Madison, but is sustainable beyond that. So it's actually baked into the university. Um, we talk about partnership and coalition building, especially at the local level. So how are universities working with, with local communities? And then we talk about accessibility. So how can this be something that's, um, you know, not just available for select students, but is 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 available for the whole student body. And so, you know, but but I think it goes back to, we, we started this report because of what I said, I believe passionately that, you know, the goal of higher education should be informed and engaged citizenship but um you know and madison can talk a little bit about the process but uh it probably took about a a year soup to nuts a lot of interviews a lot of going back and forth uh, a lot of you know figuring out where we needed to to add information in but yeah madison i will let you uh, let you add in more
2: that's a really good yeah that's kind of like from the theoretical perspective what what we were really trying to do and also just kind of you know from a practical perspective like i was saying there really aren't I mean, there are probably a lot, there are tons of resources about sort of getting engaged in this space, but I think they're so kind of scattered and it's hard to glean a lot from everything. Um, so we kind of wanted to provide you know, a holistic and comprehensive resource in one place um, that kind of was able to highlight all this amazing innovation that's happening. And like a lot of times this work is happening in a vacuum on you know, particular campuses. And we thought that that deserved to be spotlighted and shared. Um, idea exchange is always helpful for growth um, in like any space and and in this space too and one of the things we obviously realized that you know every campus is different and you can't really provide sort of one size fits all solutions but we did want to provide an array of uh, of different solutions that come from really diverse types of campuses as well um, as best we could so that people could adapt them to kind of fit their own environments Um, so part of the reason it took long time was because we conducted interviews with you know students administrators um people sort of like involved in in the in the democratic engagement space at institutions um organizations that do this work on like a national level like uh the campus vote project they were really helpful instrumental and I'm, i'm actually a student advisory board member um there and they were instrumental in sort of connecting us to other campuses and students to interview um and yeah basically that was the process just a lot of interviews um and it was really nice because people would connect us to other people that they thought would be good to talk to and again like this is really a snapshot and just kind of the beginning and um scratching the surface of this you can't you know in an ideal world we would have hundreds of other interviews to include as well but I think this does show that like this is a potentially like a good way to go about spreading more information and hopefully like similar reviews can be done with other campuses and and more diverse types of campuses as well. Yeah. So just a couple, just a couple thoughts there. First of all, wow, that that's
0: dedication. So, so <laughs> great, great job. No, I mean that that sounds like a lot of painstaking effort to for, to spend a year, you know, researching, you know, how you know maybe hundreds of college campuses are dealing with this with this challenge. And my my initial thought, and I think we touched upon this the first time we spoke, Madison, was that I was disappointed. That higher education institutions weren't placing this. So you'd expect a place like that, where where a liberal thought is, and and college students are so active, and many of them want to be politically active, um, especially in the groups that I'm in. But you would you would expect those opportunities to be there and the accessibility to be there, but they're not. And so I think that's what I really want to stress is that. Even even in places we'd assume where democratic engagement is is peaking, it, it's not. And there are always opportunities to get involved. And I think that's what the report really really culminates in, and becomes that kind of symbol of we all need, still need to work together to to help solve the challenges we're facing. Um, and and along those lines, I want to ask: You spent a year making this report and and it's obviously very well written i'm going to link it in the description you know viewers please take a look at what campuses are doing especially if you're a high school student about to be you know a, a college freshman uh, what were some of the key takeaways you found? What what were the similarities? What were the differences? How were some colleges reacting? Was it location based? Was it environment? Was it student driven, or did administration play a larger role? You know, what were the things that you found that that you think other college campuses can and should be doing better?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know one of the advantages to to this report is we just got um, you know a lot of different data from a lot of diverse institutions. And so we were careful and Madison did a great job of this of not just looking at the typical players and not just looking at the Ivy Leagues, but looking at universities uh, across the, the country. And the, the you know the, the the universities that seem to be doing this well, um, it's it's intentionality and it's putting resources behind it too. Um it's not just sort of saying we're gonna have a few events here. Um, or we're just going to do a really good job with voting or we're just going to do, you know, a a good job with an event series, but um, really being comprehensive about it and saying, um, you know, we're going to make this a a part of our culture. Um, And so I think that that, you know, that that became something that, um, you know, we saw different universities, um, you know, James Madison University specifically had uh, a local dialogue series with um, elected officials. Um, They also did this thing where they um, you know, sort of replicated the the notion of public squares. And so you know, the Athenians using public squares to have debates. Um, and so they would put that in, you know, in the main area of campus where students would pose a, a question and have the opportunity to actually respond to it. And so like you see, this is like J- James Madison is really trying to create um, a culture of, um, of 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 civic engagement as well. Uh, another thing that I think is really important, and this sort of goes to the accessibility piece, but, um, you know, universities really need to focus on on students that are less likely to engage democratically. And so there's been a lot of research out there that shows that students in the humanities tend to be more engaged um, than students in STEM. And I think one of the things that we realize is that it's not just about sort of going into STEM classes and saying, hey, go register to vote, but meeting them where, where they're at. Um, and so, for example, Arizona State University hosted a hack for democracy. Um, so it's a hackathon where you know students can talk about solving for democracy through uh, a technological lens. Um, so so really thinking about things like that too. Um, so Asen can, can can talk more about that and and you know maybe some of the voting. Uh, initiatives that that are that are happening but I think you know what we saw is that one like there's no university that's figured this out but also we don't need to look to like the usual suspects um and you know we're both from you know from from Brown obviously and Brown's done some things well but but you know has a lot to be desired too um and that you know it really has to be something that's uh you know comprehensive and um uh and, and wide-ranging it can't just be like oh it's you know uh, two months from a federal election. So we're going to put time and energy into this.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. I think one of the big sort of like differentiators is our institutions that do the work year round rather than just leading up to an election. Um, because again, like this work does have to be year round um, because again, it is more than voting, but also you have to be, even when it comes to just focusing on voting, like that preparation has to start at least a semester or two before. But ideally there there would be systems where you know it's very organized and consistent, um, and you know obviously like adapting to the times and everything. But but once that system's in place, that kind of enables institutions to think beyond voting and and work on sort of initiatives like we heard at like James Madison and, and Arizona and other institutions that go beyond that. But in terms of like voting and and some you know and best practices in that sense that we have seen is when registration is really integrated into university systems. So whether that be, you know, when people are sort of like registering to you know, enroll or if it's, you know, linked to, to course registration, um, it's very important that that's at the forefront and, and you know, an option given to students. Obviously not every student can vote um, and you can't force every student to vote or to register, but just having that kind of in as an option that's linked to sort of university systems has been proven really helpful. Um, and like a focus on turnout as well, because there are gaps between registration rates and turnout rates. So just registering people isn't enough. Um, and I think like related to that is sort of uh, a focus. One thing that is really emerging right now is like a focus on local elections in particular. Um, because, you know, I think if you really teach people and train people to understand like how to participate in a local election, like that's a lot more you know, manageable and tangible, and um, those skills can translate into other elections as well. But it's also really important that people have um, an understanding of, you know, the communities that they're in, in order to be like a responsible participant. So we talk a lot about like responsibility and and themes like that in this report, because a lot of times, you know, you see people just encouraging people to turn out in local elections, but people don't have the proper resources or context to understand and to um, participate in an engaged way. And part of that is sort of like collaboration with these amazing organizations in communities that are already doing wonderful work. Um, there are a lot of times like coalitions in local communities, and I think that universities um, or student initiatives that kind of like partner with those is a really effective tactic. And we saw that across the board. Um, another sort of like a little bit more general point is is you ask kind of who like spearheads the efforts and and what's most effective and I think it's always it always has to be a combination between um, students and administrators because like a lot of the work does have to be institutionalized Mm -hmm. but again like students are the ones that you know understand the campus in a different way than administrators can and they're the ones actually participating you know that we're trying to turn out to vote and everything so it has to be really student involved as well Um, and yeah I think those are some of like the key points that that we took away.
0: No, I think that's great, especially the point on local, uh, local elections. You know, I'm I'm a I'm an advocate for them. Uh, I campaign in them. So so you know, if if it's to go beyond the the uh, just registering to vote or voting, you know, I would I would also encourage just getting involved. If you love an issue, go become issue driven. Look at the propositions that are coming up in the ballot box. If you love a candidate who are supporting X Y and Z issue. Go and support them. Go campaign. Go volunteer. That's one step further than just voting. And I think we we talked about the last time we spoke, Madison, is that I like that. You know, that extra step that somebody takes to 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 be super involved. But not everybody. You know, to each their own. Uh, like like I say. Uh, but no, that's that's absolutely great. And and I really thank you both for for publishing a report. that's so like you said, comprehensive and really gives a a bird's eye view of how things are going in the world of college campuses and higher education. So so thank you so much. Um, And and I wanna move on, kind of go into the little bit more theoretical space on on just voting rights. The the channel is the new voting project. So we have to talk about something new. Um, I think one of the ways to increase civic engagement is to lower the voting age. You know, it's at 18 right now. I'll be voting in my first election in this year you know my birthday's in a couple days shout out to me um but if I was 16 and still is involved and you know I I was reading I was just talking I was I was everywhere at that point Uh, I didn't have much to worry about um I would love I would have loved to vote so I want to ask you both should 16 year olds should should younger people than 18 be, be allowed to to vote and enter the political system and participate, uh, and why?
1: We haven't talked about this, so I'm curious what Madison says, but uh, I mean, I firmly, you know, believe in support lowering the voting age to, to 16. So when I was a generation citizen, um, we actually helped start, Uh, or did start Vote 16 USA, which is the the national clearinghouse for for lowering the voting age in in the country. Um, And we did it at Generation Citizen because we thought it would be an effective way to actually promote effective civics education, right? And so if 16 and 17 year olds could vote, if you could vote while you're still in high school, then high schools would be incentivized to actually teach politics too. Um, But there's been just... Uh, A lot of studies and and reports, I I think, um, and it's interesting because we're talking about higher education, but to make a linkage here, I don't know if 18 is the best age to start voting at because students are either in college and they you know or they're working and they might not be thinking about voting i think there's some challenge of like well where do i vote do i vote in college do i vote i'm sure madison deals with this all the time if 16 and 17 year olds already voted in a local election you'd be starting that habit right so you'd be starting that habit earlier on um especially in local elections and so it would just be like you get to college and it's like yeah i voted last time and so i vote next time it just makes sense um i also think that Uh, You know, there's there's a a lot of issues right now that disproportionately affect young people that they don't have a voice on Um, issues like, uh, you know, climate change, the the fact that, you know, the youngest generations are going to uh, suffer the impact of older generations not taking action means that young people should get more of a voice uh, in terms of in terms of what actually happens. Um, and you, if you look at studies from around the world, there's a lot of countries that have actually already done this, and we're putting a network together of some of these countries. Um, but, you know, you look at Austria, they've lowered the voting age. Um, Argentina and Ecuador have lowered the voting age. Um, Germany, uh, the new German government that just came to power last month as one of their staples says that they're going to lower the voting age to 16 in all of Germany. Um, So this is not like just a, like, you know, random reform, but it's something that's gaining traction. There's just a few cities in Maryland, in the US that allow for 16 year olds to vote in local elections right now. And we had some campaigns in San Francisco and DC that almost passed, but didn't, but I think it's, I think it's getting more traction. I think it makes a lot of sense, but people need to get beyond the like, gut instinct of like oh 16 year olds don't know anything how can they vote um and i think that 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 you know is is part of broader symptoms but yeah curious to, to get madison's take on it as well
2: yeah i agree that that's like a very bad argument that 16 year olds don't know because it's like there are so many uninformed voters of every age so i mean it's really not about age it's it's about you know resources and people's willingness to go out and, and educate themselves as well but i agree that it's a really It's a a really big problem, actually, people coming in and not knowing whether they can even register in the state that they attend, you know, if if they're going to college in a different state than than their hometown, like that's always like what what Scott was saying is a big issue. And also elections are happening sort of like immediately in the fall, right? So when you're a freshman and you come onto campus, a lot of the deadlines come up within weeks of you first enrolling. So a lot of people miss those deadlines and you actually see in the data um, sort of like and it, like the lowest rates usually are are the first year's um, voting. So I think that that's a big thing. And I think habit building is really important because there have been a lot of sort of studies that show, again, you know, like increasing your participation in like local translates to, to increased participation in other elections as well, in future elections. Um, and I also just think it's like also what Scott was saying, ridiculous, that like if you're, you know, a 16 year old, you don't even have a say in Voting for your local school board and like that really affects your day to day and and um that seems really unfair to me and you know it goes against sort of like the basic premises of of political representation participation. Um, so I agree with everything that Scott was saying.
0: Yeah, I think 16 year olds should vote. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing more simple than that, especially because if you give them the opportunity right like Scott said, creates the habitual cycle. um. I mean, that's, that's just a a great, a great thing to have. And most folks, I'll ask, right? Excuse me, my personal friends, I'll ask them, do you, do you know how to vote? Is, Is voting important? They'll say, yes, voting is important, but I don't know how to vote. Most 16 year olds don't know how to vote. Like, how do I actually register? Where do I go? Is it same day registration? Do I have to do it weeks before? Does it depend on the state I live in? You know, there are just certain logistical practices that if we start at a younger age, it's, it's like teaching the ABCs. You know, the sooner you start, you can probably form a sentence by first grade or something. Uh, but yes, I, I support that. Thank, thank you so much for your input. Um, and kind of on the flip side of that, we're talking about expanding, you know, voting rights we're also seeing this, this kind of wave of conservatism kind of strike the country, whereas there are voting rights restrictions being placed on certain minority groups, right? Uh, states like Georgia, Texas, I believe there have been 400 anti-voting so suppressing bills uh, in many state legislators across the country. And I just wanna know, you know, as you work both in college campuses to to increase civic engagement, what are your thoughts on this kind of countrywide wave that's that's kind of trying to restrict it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 really bad. Um <laughs> I, I uh I, I think that you know one of the bedrocks of democracy i'm not going to say anything new here—is just that 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 every you know citizen should have the opportunity and, and right to, to to vote and we should be constantly trying to figure out how to expand the suffrage and so the history of this country has been one in which i mean when we first established the right to vote it was just white male landowners right and so we've consistently over time um and it should happen faster but we've consistently um offered the opportunity to to other people to vote, right? And so that's included women, of course, that included, um, uh, you know, people of color, um, that included just in 1971, the the voting age went from 21 to to 18. Um, And so if we were back in the 60s, um, you know, even with your birthday coming up, you'd have have three years left to go. Um, And now you actually have some cities New york city that's looking at um um, non-documented uh individuals voting as well these bills go completely against that right so they're they're trying to make it harder for people to vote rather than easier that's not um what this country has been about and it's it's very political in nature um and i think it comes from a place of um you know the the it, it comes from a political place of trying to retain power it comes um, from a place of um, being afraid of white people not being in the majority in this country, um, which, you know, which will happen in the next 20 to 30 years. Um, there's never been a, a democracy in the history of the world that survived when you don't have one ethnic group um, oppressing another ethnic group or, or one ethnic group that, that, that's sort of not in charge anymore. And so I, I think that, you um, you know, the other thing with this country is it's challenging because we have all these local voting regulations and, you know, how much of that is 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 and can be sort of imposed on the federal level too. And I think we're in a moment in time and where there has to be more um, federal intervention because you have so many states that are going rogue. Um, and it becomes about power accumulation rather than about making sure that people's voices get heard. And you can couch it in whatever terminology, terminology you want, but you know that's what it is.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just like it. The you know the facts speak for themselves. You can look at voter suppression efforts, and you can look at how they specifically target marginalized communities. And there's no mistaking that. I mean, there's so much data and evidence to support that. Um, it's really interesting how, um, you know, this issue has really become a partisan issue. Like people, you know, it really shouldn't be a partisan issue, but but now it is. Um, and that's really, that adds like another layer of challenge, especially with, you know, organizations and that are, uh, supposed to be nonpartisan that kind of leaves people out of like a difficult impasse. How do you, how do you tackle these issues? Um, but the evidence is clear and it's, it's really, really disturbing. And, you know, I think that again, like I think changes have to happen on the federal level too, but of course you have a lot of, you know, systems in place that are going to potentially block those changes as well. Um, very frustrating to see, but there are incredible organizations doing work every single day um, to increase voting rights. And I think, you know, supporting those organizations as best as we can, you know, reaching out to local officials, obviously, you know, if you're in a state with, with representatives that want to disenfranchise people, I don't know how successful a letter to them will be, but it's worth, you know, worth trying and um, voicing your support in that way. Um, but this is, this is the problem The one of the biggest problems right now, because again, like this is at the, this is like the foundation of a lot of other issues as well. You know, um, voting is, is key because it's how we all express and shape other policy. Um, and if you don't have a voice at the table, like other you can't, you don't have a role in shaping other policy. So this is a big issue that we need to tackle right now. I mean, it's huge.
0: Yeah. No, and and one way to tackle is to run for office. Hint, hint. <clears throat> on this call, who's listening? Uh, but no, I, I completely agree. Uh, th- this story is not new. You know, one could argue we've been dealing with it since the '60s. you, know, Sky, you mentioned uh, a couple. You know, prominent dates. We've been dealing with this since Reconstruction. I mean, uh, the list goes on and on. So, yes, voting rights is a great thing. And we should not take them away uh that is that is the end of the story um and i just want to close on this one question that i ask all guests of mine so thank you so much for coming on the show uh which is what is your advice obviously the next generation gen z or gen x you know i don't know where they get these terms from please you know don't come at me with them uh, but but the teenagers the 16 17 year olds the 18 year olds the ones who are going to embark on on this journey uh, of dealing with these political crises how do they make an impact you know on elections on policies in higher education or how do we reach those that have that feel ignorant or or exhausted or alienated you know what is what is kind of your your advice from where you stand and what you've seen we can do for this next generation
1: the, the first thing it's such a great question the first thing that i'd say is that we really need to to listen and pay attention to that last group you were talking about to people that are really frustrated with the system right um because i think you've done done some research on and, and talked to a lot of young people that um it's not that they're apathetic it's just that they're really disillusioned with these systems with systems that they feel like have made false promises with um, you know, systems that they feel like they're being told that change is going to happen and you see an action on climate change. You see, um, you know, more economic inequality that we've seen in, in generations. I mean, this, um, the new generation is predicted to not be as well off as their parents. That, you know, is is not what, what used to happen in the past. And so people say, why should we vote? Why should we participate in a governmental system that doesn't have our, our interests at hand? um and the other thing that i think is important is like i think a lot of young people are getting very creative in their ways of expressing their opinions um and expressing their um their political sentiments whether it's through things like social media i mean i i am i'm not as young as i used to be and so whenever i engage with with young people i'm i'm teaching a course right now and they're like oh you know we're all going to join a discord channel and i had no idea what that is um uh I mean I think most and you know I I don't I'm not on TikTok or, or stuff like that, which makes me feel old. But it is like <laughs> I'm not on
0: TikTok, so don't feel too bad. Okay,
1: yeah. uh, okay. I just uh, assume that you know that, that everybody was back back in my day, you needed a a dot edu email address to get on Facebook. Um, but but I do think that you know people are are engaging in these different ways, but but I guess what I'd say. The, the way that I think about this is the more broken our politics is, the more important it is to get political. And so I, I think the message needs to be to young people, look, we get that you're frustrated and we get that the systems don't work. And if you wanna change them, you have to get involved because if you don't get involved, the people that have power are going to get more power. I mean, that's just the the the, the reality of it. Um, but, but, but I guess that's what I'd say is that we need to meet young people where they are. Um, we need to... Um, You know to to demonstrate the importance of getting political but we also need to recognize why they're so frustrated and i feel like that sometimes doesn't happen enough where a lot of um older generations will be a little bit paternalistic and like oh you need to vote and you need to participate and why aren't you fulfilling your duty without recognizing like even something like the pandemic which has a disproportionate effect on um, you know, on, on younger people going to school or not being able to be in school or not being able to, you know, get the most out of high school or college. And so we need to listen to those voices to a greater extent, too.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And I also think that, you know, there are so many ways, like what what Scott was saying, there's so many ways to get involved. Um, and I think that sometimes like people think that there's certain like steps you have to take, or, you know, things you have to do that are some, a lot of times very inaccessible to a lot of people for various reasons. But like, there are ways to kind of be creative and stay involved. Um, And I would really urge young people to kind of figure out, you know, in their communities, like what organizing is happening, because a lot of times a good way to get involved is to kind of survey the space around. And you can see, like, do I do I agree with a lot of the work that's happening? Or if there are gaps, like, how can I fill those gaps? um It's really important to take initiative and and not you know just sit back and let things happen, but to take initiative and and, and try to start you know brainstorming solutions to what you want to see um and just because you're young does not mean that your voice is any less valuable. in fact, it's probably like more valuable in a lot of ways um and we I wish need I, was fresh, yeah, I was younger yeah, you, you know yeah. exactly like we need fresh new creative ideas and energy, and I think that like it is these generations that are going to be unfortunately tasked with solving a lot of the issues that have been left behind for us. But um, yeah, I think just kind of being creative, serving the space around you, um, figuring out, you know, maybe you can join an organization that supports uh, something that you believe in, or you don't agree with the work that the organization is doing. Okay, start your own, you know, work with people like, um, and if you don't have the resources to start your own, like, there are other ways that you can do that, and, and try to tap into some resources. I mean, I think it's just like about being creative, doing what you can, educating yourself as best as possible within your you know limits, um, and also just not not being silent when things aren't how you want them to be, um, and taking action and taking initiative is really important.
0: Yeah, yeah, and running for office. Hint, <laughs> hint. Um... No, no, that that all sounds great. Thank you so much. Uh, how can how can viewers stay updated? This is the only part of the show where you get to promote yourselves. So please shout out your social medias, uh, the research page. I will link everything in the description uh, so folks can take a view. I believe there's an event happening soon uh, for some outreach. So I'll link that as well if you want to detail that.
1: Yeah, we're we're hosting sort of an informational interactive event on the report on. Um, <clears throat> uh, Wednesday, February 2nd at five 30 Eastern. So, you know, register in the, in the show notes. Um, and we're trying to figure out like, you know, what do we, what do we do as, as next steps with this report? We know there's a lot of efforts going on that Madison's involved in a lot of them. Um, and so we want to be iterative and helpful and, you know, not, not, um, be duplicative. And so, um, we are figuring out what that looks like, but would love to get your thoughts on the report and, um, and, and, you know, be in, in more conversation as well. Perfect.
2: Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, yeah, like we really want to hear from people. I think it's all about, you know, starting these dialogues. It's really important. I think it's really important to have a mix of like dialogue, but also action. Because a lot of times, you know, people are all talk and no action. So it's really important for us to kind of, you know, work towards action as well, but also keep the conversation open and get as many perspectives as we can in, in the discussion. And also kind of like understand like what Scott was saying, the great work that is being done and seeing how we can, you know, fit in within
0: that yeah no definitely well no i thank you so much for for coming on the show sharing the report i think it's great work that you both are doing and will continue to do madison you're always welcome back again for a third time that'll be the first time for everything scott thank you so much it was a pleasure meeting you i think people will find these resources invaluable if you attend any of the universities in 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 the report you know, please feel free to 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 visit those resources. Like Madison said, tap into them. If not, reach out to Madison if you're a student at Brown. Reach out to Scott, um, and I'm sure they'd love to help you get involved. But no, thank you so much. You know, happy New Year ish, um, and and I wish you both the best of luck.
1: Thanks so much, and happy happy early birthday as well, and uh, happy uh, voting age birthday, I guess.
0: For the- <laughs> yeah, they should, I should put that on the cake. I yeah. can vote.
2: And thank you for the great work that you do. It's really awesome to see someone, you know, doing this project that you're doing and and giving a platform to people doing this work. Um, So you should be really proud of that. And I'm happy to see it. So continue to keep up the good work.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care, guys.
2: Bye.